Welcome to Leadership Conversations. I'm Karen Conley, and I'm so thrilled to be a part of this Lead Like Jesus production. And today I have an absolutely incredible opportunity to introduce our entire Lead Like Jesus family to our new president and CEO, Rich Cummins. Rich, welcome to the podcast and welcome to Lead Like Jesus. Thank you, Karen. I'm so excited to be a part of the show today. Well, this is fun for me because I've heard the great news and obviously all of us love Phyllis and are excited about what God has in store for her as she uh, continues to be uh, involved and connected, but also launching off into some different directions. Um, and when they said that you were coming on board, I was like, I cannot wait to talk to Rich, to learn his story. And now I get the privilege of doing it with an entire audience also benefiting from that. So thank you. I know you probably are uh, pretty busy these days making a new transition into the role of president and CEO. So thank you for taking the time. And, um, and I know this will be um, something that everybody will look forward to, to learning a little bit about your story. And, and maybe that's a, the best place for us to start. Um, tell us just a little bit about your faith journey, Rich, and, and uh, we'll, we'll just enjoy hearing a little bit of your story. Well, like, like many, it's, uh, it's, it's got its uh, turns and bumps and winds in the road and all of that. Um, I would have told you uh, years ago that I was part of the club. I, I guess I would have viewed myself as more of a cultural Christian as a, as a kid and as a, a young adult. So, you know, I went, to, I went and got confirmed and went through K through 12 Christian school. And I guess I would tell you, I knew a lot about the faith, but I didn't know Jesus very intimately. And so um, I went through my college years and, and all of that, graduated from Purdue University and uh, just uh, at the end of that journey, I was going to look at grad school and what opportunities would exist there for me, but I wanted to pay off any debt I had. I had a little bit of debt. I was uh, in the National Guard at the time, so I, I was able to fund most of my college that way. But I uh, graduated from college and decided to go work for my father and our family-owned business for just a short period of time as I was thinking about uh, moving back on to graduate school. Well, I came to work for my father and he passed away. Unfortunately, he had a massive heart attack at age 47. So at age 22, I inherited a 50 year old family business with about 50 employees. And, and I uh, really started off on the, the leadership path at that point. You know, I say uh, often that for some reason I've been in the C-suite or senior level leadership ever since college. And I, I like to also say I was baptized by fire. So it's... Uh, <laughs> It was, it was a little bit of a rough road those first dozen years, but, you know, from some of our greatest pains come some, some of our uh, greatest strengths and the stories we tell. And so for me, I knew what it was like to lose my father, who was my mentor. He was my rock. Uh, in fact, uh, uh, my father and mother got married at a very young age, and my, my mother ended up leaving the picture when I was about 18 months old. So my father raised me from 18 months old into a young man. And so to lose him in a heartbeat was devastating, as you can imagine. Mm -hmm. So I spent the first dozen years of my career trying to figure out, one, am I supposed to be here? Two, what is really my purpose? And three, what is, what's my guidepost? You know, where, what's giving me direction in life? And 
with my father gone, my big mentor was not there. And so for me, I, I ended up having my, uh, I guess my, 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 my Saul converting to Paul moment when I was probably about 33 years old. At this point, I had my own business. I bought a couple of businesses. I was a printer and I owned a couple of publishing companies. And I was really trying to, uh, trying to build my own empire, if you will. And I was, I was burning the candle at three ends, if that's possible. But the problem is, the problem is there was some collateral damage. I mean, I had a couple of kids, two beautiful little girls. And, you know, while I was doing what would appear to be all the right things, I just, I wasn't an emotionally present father. I just wasn't who they needed to, their dad to be. I wasn't the spiritual or the spiritual leader of my family and all of these things. And so I was chasing success pretty hard at that point, Karen. Well, gosh, as you just relayed, obviously a, a lifetime of your faith journey in a, in a pretty succinct way. Um, two of the questions that, that I, I was just, you, you said these and it just caught my ear. Am I supposed to be here? And what is my purpose? And um, those are questions I think that, that everybody asks at some point, uh, sometimes earlier in the journey, sometimes later in the journey. Um, but that's, um, those are really profound questions. And, and so in, in terms of just your, your Paul to Saul moment, um, was there anyone and, and, and what were the, the dynamics surrounding that that, um, that that you really had that that shift and understanding? Oh, yeah, you're going to love this. So basically, I was in business, right? I mean, I at this point, I mean, I was trying to climb every mountain I could see and just never mm -hmm. feeling fulfilled or satisfied and realizing these little girls needed a better daddy than I was being. And one day I had a, a guy that was a client, but also I was a client of his. We had this really weird dynamic. So I had a printing company and a publishing company. And so he, uh, he would place ads in my magazines and we printed some of his work, but he also did home repair, remodeling and construction. And so to that end, I hired him to do a few projects too. Well, early on in my career, about 10 years prior to that conversion moment, um, I had a, a little bit of a fallout with this gentleman. His name is Kevin Hunter. And Kevin, uh, Kevin asked me to discount a product pretty heavily. And so I wanted to do it right. I mean, we printed something and it was wrong. And rather than having the opportunity to reprint it, he asked me to take a pretty steep discount on it. So I always had a little bit of this bad taste in my mouth because of that. Fast forward 10 years. And I had a bullet hole, I should say a BB gun hole in one of my living room windows that I needed repaired. And so I invited Kevin to come over and take a look at it. We were sitting in my living room and he said, you know, I can give you a quote on that, but I, I really want to tell you something first. And I said, what's that, Kevin? He said, I just want to apologize. He said, I'm so sorry. 10 years ago, my business partner suggested that I come back and stick it to you and really force you to discount that product. And I know it hurts you. And I've never told you this all these years, but it bothers me and I'm sorry. And I want to make that right. And I just didn't know how to handle that. I, as a business owner, you don't hear that all the time. You just you hear the other side of it. And so he apologized. And then he began to lead me to Christ in my living room. And I don't even to this day know how it happened other than the Holy Spirit 
use that man to knock on my door at just the right moment. I was burned out, beat up, worn out. I, I had already gone through a lot of the heartache of, of life and business and leadership. And he hit me at that right moment, not only apologizing, but being tender and leading me to the Lord. And I gave my life to Christ in that moment. So I would say I surrendered my life to Christ. Everything else up to that point had been more of uh, adopting the religion that I had been given. And that moment, I became a Christ follower. I became a lover of Jesus. And so Kevin said to me, he said, all right, I don't think you're going to go to church. I'm not sure about that. I had been a part of churches in the past and just did the church thing and it never worked for me. It was more religiosity. And so he said to me, he said, why don't you just start with a little step? Why don't you listen to this, this radio station? It's called Star 88.3. He said, listen to it. Listen to the message. See how that impacts you. And so I did. I started listening to the music. And believe it or not, a song by Casting Crowns called Life Song got a hold of my heart. And it really, in that song, it kind of challenges you. What do you want your life to be at the end of the day? When you're going to sign off, you know, did your life make a difference for the Lord and for the kingdom? And so at that point, everything changed radically. And I started thinking about what is next, because clearly business for me, it wasn't what God had called me towards. And mm -hmm. so he was pulling me out, calling me out of the marketplace and into parachurch ministry. And so I can tell you more about that in a second. But, but at that point, when the Great Recession was setting in, in 2007, 2008, I sold my businesses and went and volunteered at a Christian radio station. Wow. Well, it is so great just to hear people's backstory. And I know as our listeners um, are getting a chance just to get to know you a little bit um, and, and hear your story, you know, honestly, when people share their faith story, they, they share their ups and downs. People just lean in. Um, they, they find ways that they can relate and identify. And I think you know, especially as we think about an audience full of leaders, um, so many times it is so easy in our flesh that that the goals and the, the that either the pressure of leadership or the pressure of successful business or the way that it works with your ego, um, it it can be a dangerous territory to try to navigate, and so. Um, knowing just that that was part of your own struggle and that the Lord was working out, I think will just give you such a um, credibility as you are um, leading this organization. You touched a little bit on um, some different moments in, in your journey with your businesses. Um, it, tell us a little bit more just in terms of your career, when you think about it, the longevity of your career so far, how has God continued to use your career to shape you yourself in the middle of what you're doing? Yeah, that's, that's a very, very good question. And so I would characterize my career as, as a search for success for the first half to a transition of leading my life towards significance in the kingdom. And so when I was able to make that transition into servant leadership in particular, everything changed, everything changed. The way I looked at the world changed, the way I looked at uh, the, the work of my hands changed. You know, just I view very much this last half of my, my career being a calling that God has been leading me on to build his kingdom. And so 
the things that have shaped me, one, uh, suffering. I've, I've gone through a lot of tough times from losing my father. I uncovered, he uncovered an embezzlement that almost crippled the company, which gave him a heart attack. And I had to spend a lot of time fighting that. I went through a, a divorce when I was younger uh, because I didn't, I didn't really know what it meant to be a, a man of God and a good husband and a good father. And I had things out of balance. And so I would say some of those tough trials, which led me to my knees to look up and just cry out to God, helped me to understand how important it is to rely on God's all sufficiency. And when I began to finally say, you know what, here you go, God, I surrender. I surrender. I can't do this. I'm, in fact, I'm jumping off the treadmill because I'm going nowhere. And I want to be the daddy these little girls need. And so it was a sweet, sweet time. And it was just me and the two girls for about five years where I just put everything into what God was doing with me and them, ministry at home first, and then ministry opportunities that he was opening up the door to in other ways. And so I was a part of uh, buying that, Chris, that Christian radio station that I talked to you about. After I got there, after uh, 10 days, it was put up for sale. And so <laughs> I said, God, what are you doing? I sold my business. You, you, you called me here, and now it's going away. And so, and right in the middle of the recession, by the way, no easy time to raise funds, okay? And so total God thing, strengthened my resolve even more. Miracle in the 11th hour, we were bidding against K-Love, which is a huge, uh, amazing network of yeah. radio stations, but we won a blind bid and I was able to uh, operate the radio station in my hometown for a number of years and until God called me into uh, the world of the rescue missions. And so I was part of uh, the Gospel Association or the Association of Gospel Rescue Missions for a period of years as a senior level leader and and then uh, also spent some time as a, as an administrator in a Christian college. So this is part of my my career path or my calling, if you will. But you know, in all of it, God's hand has been very steady, and I have always felt the sense of peace about uh, decisions and and directions that He's called me to. And it's all been about significance for His kingdom's sake. And and I got to tell you, the best part of that story is. Um, after those five years of being a bachelor with my two little beautiful daughters, God brought uh, brought into my world the woman of my dreams. Uh, her name is Danielle. She's my wife. And together we have five kids. We've got four girls and a boy in the middle. And we've just been on this amazing journey together. And, and you know, that's been the best part. So I learned very quickly in ministry to not sacrifice my family on the altar of ministry. And so that was a huge life lesson that helped shape me to where I'm at today. Uh, my wife, my faith in the father first, my relationship with my wife, then my kids, and then everybody else. And so we keep we keep things in perspective so that we don't get out of balance. But God mm -hmm. has been very faithful in that journey. Wow. And I think that's, um, you know, as you say that, I think, you know, isn't it interesting how the enemy works? Because whether you're in a secular business and you're aiming for profits and measuring success, you know, by by that type of data or whether you're in the ministry, um, the, the enemy is tricky. And so I think there's a lot of people in our audience that that have that crossover, that whether they're in the business and they see their secular business as their ministry and they are there as light in the world 
um, or whether you're in a more traditional or parachurch type of ministry that, that it doesn't really matter. You're not exempt from that pressure to put something else in front of both God and your marriage. And so um, I love, I hate the, the pain of your journey, but I love the, the, the fruit of it, of that being something that I know um, you, you have to hold dearly as you shepherd other leaders to help them keep um, learn from your experience and to protect their own marriages and their, and their children. So that's um, a beautiful way that God redeems that. So that's, that's awesome. He did. And let me, let me share a little bit more about that too, because it's getting yeah. everything in, back into balance. And, and so I've just, we've been on this journey for my wife and I for 13 years now, close to 14, and just seeing the fruit come out of that. And, and I had this moment where I was in church, hands up, praising God, and worshiping and just tears began to flood down my eyes because way back when I saw this vision of the rich young ruler. And, mm -hmm. and by that point, I had already sold my businesses. They were gone. I was devoting my life to being a servant in parachurch ministry, but he made it very clear to me that I needed to also sacrifice my ambition. And, and so that doesn't mean that I won't have a drive, but it does mean that I needed to trust him because we very much in ministry can build our own little kingdoms and fiefdoms and all this kind of stuff. And so God really got a hold of me in that moment. And so that's where I went through uh, just a deeper level of intimacy and surrender with him about a dozen years ago. And so um, I, uh, I'm just so very thankful that God has brought me on this path because uh, not only have I been able to be in ministry and impact others, but it's really more, more importantly, it's impacted me and my family too all along. So you mentioned um, being in administration administration at a Christian college, the rescue mission. So you've now walked in several different leadership circles. Um, why is, is leadership a passion of yours? Mm. Well, you know, it's been said before by, by people much wiser than I that uh, Managing people is doing things the right way. Leading people is doing the right things. And so I just very much believe that leaders get things done and they make amazing transformation and uh, happen in this world. And especially from the servant leader perspective. I mean, it's so counterintuitive. Nobody would expect you to be in the living room of another business leader and apologize. It's counterintuitive, but it is the right way and it produces fruit. And so I would say, uh, why is leadership important to me? Because I think that's where transformation happens. People lead other people to live out the life that God called them to be. And I just, whenever I can help people have breakthrough and unlock uh, whatever is standing in their way and live up to be what they're supposed to be, that's where the good stuff happens. Absolutely. Well, and knowing that your background has involved, I mean, gosh, if at age 22, you're thrown into leading a business, you, you learned some of those things the hard way and quickly. Um, but now that you've had this, this lifetime of, of leading others and come into this Lead Like Jesus family, as you have embraced and learned about the specific model of Lead Like Jesus, what do you see about that that you see as, as either unique or different or, or how do you um, come alongside that model and, and view it? Yeah, so 
for me, it's it's not even about a model anymore, Karen. It's it's just a movement. It's it's it is the perfect way to lead. I mean, Jesus is the greatest leader of all time. We know that uh, it's part of what we say and teach and and practice here at Lead Like Jesus. But it's it's for a good reason. And Jesus was perfect in every way, and he experienced everything we would ever experience, except he did not sin. So when we we raise him up as the standard, there's just so many sweet things that we see out of that, even from an emotional intelligence perspective. It's something I I'm a student of, and I've been I've been spending a lot of time thinking about. Jesus uh, knew who he was. He knew his own emotions. He was able to express them in a right way, and he was able to manage them. He was able to lead the people around him. He was able to deal with their emotions and help them manage their emotions. I just, uh, I'm in love with our Lord and Savior Jesus, and uh, the ways that he led are so inspiring, and I just don't think enough people know that message. They know that he's their Savior. They know that he was a great teacher. Jesus was a prophet, the greatest miracle worker the world has ever seen, but a leader. Now think about it. He has more followers than anybody ever in the history of the world. That's leadership. Absolutely. Well, um, you and I were talking as we as we jumped on this Zoom earlier today about just the craziness of, of the time that we're walking in right now. Um, as you think about this being, um, you know, put up on websites and, and our Lead Like Jesus family listening to this, these are some uncertain times for many of us, if not all of us. What are a few things that you might share with leaders right now in light of just the uncertainty that so many of us are walking through? That's a great question, Karen. And I would say first and foremost, I've really been, I've really been focusing in these last several months on the being habits, in particular, um, solitude and scripture and prayer. But then the next one, which is uh, the relational part, being able to be in supportive relationships that really matter. So I would say to leaders, you need emotional and relational nutrients. So you need to find people that are exceptionally inspiring. If you don't have a coach, you need a Paul. I'm telling you, I don't care if you're the CEO of whatever, you need to have a coach in your life that's speaking into your life, that believes the best in you and can help lead you to be all that God called you to be. So I would say, make sure that you're getting your emotional needs met through good, healthy relationships. You know, 1 Peter 4.10 tells us that God gave us manifold graces for the benefit of the body. And so I would say, reach out to people. Make sure that you're not an isolated, lonely leader, because that's where bad stuff happens. Good stuff happens when we're, we're relying on other parts of the body to speak into our lives. Those people that are to be trusted, those people that you know are for you, those people that you also know will hold you accountable. So I would say, make sure that you have relational nutrients, find a coach, uh, rest, make sure, that, uh, make sure that you're not getting burned out. You're in charge of your own, your own burnout, your own emotional health and, and self-care. Uh, I would say it like this, that so often we in this culture, in American culture, and even a Western culture for that matter, We've burned the candle at both ends. And like I mentioned, three ends uh, just for what? For success? Ah, that's nothing. You know what we need to do? We need to work out of our rest. God gave us Sabbath, not as a legalistic thing, but God gave us this beautiful, wonderful tool to be with him 
and to be with others and to, uh, and to just operate out of. And so when you think about even in Genesis, after God created mankind, what did he do? He rested. And from the rest, he began to work. And so I would say uh, for me to, to other leaders, I would say make sure that you're spending quality time with relationships, with God and scripture, solitude. Make sure you're focusing on the being habits. So out of that, your work will be fruitful. Mm-hmm. Those, those are words that we definitely need to not just listen to, but need to apply for certain, for certain. Well, we're, we're coming to the end of, of our time here together. And, and maybe just one parting question we'll squeeze in there. Um, there's uniqueness. You mentioned being 22 and thrown into um, a, a leadership position. Um, if there's some young leaders that are here and a part of our Lead Like Jesus family, anything specific that you might say to our, our leaders that are just beginning that journey? Yeah, that's, that's, that's wonderful. Thank you for asking that one. I would say, uh, again, echoing some of the things that you've heard me talk about already. Find exceptionally inspiring people that can speak into your life. Mm-hmm. Make sure that you're keeping an eye on balance so that it's not becoming all about career that you forget what you're called to do. I would say get a coach. And here's another thing. You're not too young to be a coach yourself. So start looking for the Timothys in your life even now. Invest in them because they need hope like never before. I got to tell you, Karen, I have a particular heart cry for Generation Z. Now I've got a bunch of kids that are in that generation, you know, a whole tribe of them, but they're faced with unprecedented levels of anxiety, depression, suicide ideation, and suicide. And so what I would say to a young leader, anywhere from your 20s to your 30s, reach down, reach back, speak into somebody's life, help lead them to their God-given purpose and talents. That's one of the best things you can do. And I, and I guarantee you, God will bear fruit in your leadership for doing so. Well, Rich, thank you so much for your time and just for sharing your hearts and your vision um, as you come in to, to lead, lead like Jesus. Um, obviously, people can go to the website and learn about the ministry. If somebody wants to reach out directly to you, what's the best way for them to get a hold of you? Shoot me an email, rich.cummins at leadlikejesus.com. Shoot me an email. I'd love to, I'd love to have a conversation, you know, especially as we look at what the future looks like for the movement, how we can expand globally, how we can focus on young leaders. Shoot, shoot me a message. Let's, let's start a conversation. Great. Well, thank you so much for joining us. And everyone, please check out the great resources and stay tuned and go to leadlikejesus.com for all the new plans, all the new things that are coming in 2021. And we'll see you next time. Thanks, Karen.